Happy Father's Day to the dads here. Uh, I know it's Father's Day, and so interestingly enough, here in a second, as I was getting ready for the sermon, um, I found a commercial that is probably older than me, which uh, is old at this point, so it will translate when you see it on the screen. It's a little bit grainy, um, but it communicates a message uh, that I want to continue to bring forth in this service. So, Irene, if you'll go ahead and play that commercial. As I was preparing for this morning, I, I, I really started to wrestle with or realize or recognize there's something about fathers when it comes to influence. I mean, it's hard denying uh, our kids following in our footsteps. It's hard denying, especially with my sons, them doing what I do. Sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, for instance, uh, last week we had missionaries with us, and we were able to to sit down and have a meal, and they like to talk, and people like to talk to them, which is great. And so we had some food that that came in, and we were going to eat, and kind of they had talked for a while, so it was kind of rushed to get to the food because then my kids were getting cranky, if you know what I'm saying. So everybody got their food, and we sat down at the table, and we're all shoveling, and Graham says, hey, Dad, we didn't pray. Are we going to pray? I mean, that's good influence, right? Classic Christmas movie, a Christmas story. Remember what happens in that movie where uh, they go and get the Christmas tree, and they've tied the Christmas tree on the roof, and they're driving home, and they get a flat tire, and Ralphie's dad likes to change the tire super fast, and so he gets out and he looks back in the back seat, Ralphie, you want to come with me? And Ralphie's all excited because Dad wants him to be there and he wants to do everything perfect. And so he gets out there and they start taking off the lugs and, and he hands him the cap and he says, hold this, this hubcap. And he starts putting all the lugs in the hubcap and at some point he swings his hand and, and it says those shiny pieces or objects went flying through the air and Ralphie says, oh, fudge! But he didn't say fudge, he said the word. And Ralphie gets back in the car and mom and dad start to ask him, or, or mom asks how things went and, and dad whispers in mom's ear and you know we go home and he's got the soap in his mouth, the soap poisoning. Anyway, sorry, I love that movie. <laughs> and mom says, where did you hear that word? And he says, I've heard my old man say that thing a thousand times. But I couldn't say it was my old man's fault, so he came up with his friend's name. You know, dads, we have influence. Whether we like it or not, we have influence. And with influence comes responsibility. And sometimes I don't think we we recognize the responsibility that's coming with our influence. You know, the reality, I can talk about dads, but all of us, we have influence. This week, you've had influence. This week, you've come in contact with people, whether it was at McDonald's or, or the cashier at Walmart or your next-door neighbor or your co-worker or somewhere, uh, uh, your, your neighbor, whatever it might be, you've had influence. And I wonder what our influence looks like. I wonder what we're, we're doing with our influence. I mean, there's, there's social media or, or whatever else where, where you have an opportunity to be influential in one way or another 
And many times we're not recognizing the influence that we have. Dads, we don't recognize the influence that we have. I wasn't going to share this, but I will in a, in a filtered way. There are things that husbands can do to wives that kids cannot do. And so my son has witnessed me pat my wife before. On the bottom. So much worse. Okay. My wife says, just say you smack my butt every once in a while. Well, my six-year-old son thinks it's okay at times because he's watched dad do it to smack mom on the bottom. It's influence. And at times we don't realize the influence that we're having until we see the results of our influence coming out. It was, this is 2004. I'll talk about influence. I gave this pack, plaque to my grandparents. 2004. And so when they died, I asked that I could have this back. It says at the top, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And then at the bottom I wrote, Some will never know what inheritance they will give until they see their children and grandchildren living a life they've learned. My grandparents served the Lord with everything. And I watched as my cousins and my aunts and uncles and, and, and all, they served the Lord because it was something they learned. It was from the influence of my grandparents. Part of the reason I'm here, yes, God called me to be a pastor, but I got here because of the influence of others. Man. What are you doing with your influence? Dad, what's your influence looking like? in your kids. Like father, like son. That can be good or that can be bad. You know, we were in men's Bible study this week and we were reading a story in the book of Acts and really again, what resonated in my heart was influence. And how we can use influence for good or we can use influence for bad. But, but the reality was in this story that, that we read about in the book of Acts that, that we see two men, Peter and, and John, and, and they've got an opportunity for influence. And they recognize the opportunity and they take advantage of the opportunity they have to influence those that are around them. Acts chapter 3, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put down every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, and Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. The man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. And, and I want to look at these next couple chapters this morning, because what we see is there's a moment of influence. Dads, it's undeniable that you're able to influence your kids. Peter and John, in this moment, God did something remarkable. And because of what God did, this man went jumping and into the temple courts. What do you think people did? 
They all recognized him as the dude that had been sitting outside begging for their monies every week that they tried to walk away, you know, not to make eye contact or whatever. We've all been there. And they're left wondering, what happened? And Peter and John in that moment have an opportunity to influence. Yes, they've influenced this man, but they've got an opportunity to influence a multitude. Man, we, he, Peter and John, oh, just God moved. Oh, he's nothing. They could have done whatever. In that moment, if you read the, the, the rest of the book of Acts, Peter begins to preach the gospel. He takes a moment and he says, I know one way to influence is to speak the truth. Let's talk about the truth. You want to talk about a miracle? Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about the one who raised him from the dead. They took the moment of influence and used it responsibly. And what happened? In Acts chapter 4, what happens? The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, they came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming Jesus In Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number who believed grew to about 5,000. Talk about influence. Every day. We have an opportunity to influence. Every day, we have an opportunity to impact those who are around us. But I don't know, like Peter and John, that we're seizing the opportunity to influence. I don't know that, that like Peter and, and John, yes, they recognized in that moment they had a captive audience who would listen. Let me tell you, my kids are a captive audience who will listen to me. Sometimes they want to and sometimes they don't, but they still have to be a captive audience. You know what I'm saying? So do I seize the opportunity to influence them? Peter and John did. And they saw the number of men who believed grow to about 5,000. Let me tell you, there was something about influence. It was so great that, that the, the, the Sadducees and, and the priests recognized it, right? I mean, they showed up and they're speaking and, no, this can't happen, so what do they do? They throw them in jail. Let me tell you, this, is, this entire story, maybe it's because of where my brain is, I just see a story of influence. So they put him in jail overnight. That's If you want to read along in Acts, you can. I'm not going to read the entirety of the chapter. And then what happens is, is the next morning they're going to put him uh, to answer questions, right? And we can be intimidated when we're answering questions and they're asking him why and how. And Peter and John begin to speak to them. And it says that that the, those questioning in Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
ordinary men can be influential people. You know, all too often we tell ourselves we're too ordinary. All too often we're the ones speaking the words of the Sadducees and speech the priests to ourselves. Like, I'm too ordinary. I cannot influence this person, or I'm from this place, so I can't do this thing. In rural churches across the United States, I've heard it time and time again, we're just too small, we're just too this, we're just, we're just too ordinary. And we've let that lie define us. Let me tell you, you are not ordinary, you are extraordinary because of what Jesus Christ did for you. You are the resurrection and the life before people. You are that made flesh. That's extraordinary. You were once a slave to sin, but now you're, you're, you're a child of God. That is absolutely extraordinary. Don't let others tell you you're ordinary. Don't let someone else define your influence. That's what these men were trying to do. Peter, John, ordinary people. They don't know much. They're not schooled. I mean, seriously. They're just ordinary people. I mean, that's what we thought anyway, but they must have met Jesus. They took note that they'd been with Jesus. And what happens? You continue in that chapter, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. Now, I want to stop for a moment because we can minimize our influence, but how influential has what happened been? Who knows about it? Everyone that's living in Jerusalem it's one thing for everyone living in Crawford to know something because that seems like that happens all the time. But for everyone living in Jerusalem, that's a pretty remarkable thing. Everyone living in Jerusalem knew. They'd heard. That's influence. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. We're going to warn them. What does that mean? Translated, let's just threaten it, right? I mean, what are they warning? We're going to throw you in jail. What are they warning? Something bad's going to happen if you keep talking about this name. Let's just warn them. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. There's a moment of influence. There's a moment where they they speak. But in verse 19, Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. Peter and John said, hey, you might want to limit my influence. You might want to silence us. You might want us to be quiet. You might want us to stop talking about the name of Jesus Christ or what's been accomplished through that name. But let me tell you something. We cannot help but be influential. We cannot help but be influencers in this place 
We are, if you want to look at it this way, salt and light. And we're going to be salt and light. That's, that's who we are. We can't help it. You judge us or God, well, we want God to, so whatever. We're going to be us. We're going to influence at times. I wonder how much we've limited our influence. Whether it's through the words people have spoken over us. Whether it's through the threats of people who are trying to silence us. Whether it's because the fear of what might happen from us being influential. Let me tell you, child of God, you're an influencer. Let me tell you, child of God, you have influence. Let me tell you, child of God, just like Peter and John, you're going to have moments to exercise your influence. You're going to have moments that you choose what to do with the situation that God has placed you in. He will bring a a lame person in front of you that you'll have the opportunity to heal. He will bring crowds before you that you'll have the opportunity to testify to. He will maybe set you before a court where you will have to defend your faith. You have an opportunity to influence. What are you doing with the influence that you have? It's inevitable. But with influence comes responsibility. I'm a dad. I get to influence my kids. Go ahead and get ready to pull that next video up, Irene. As a dad, i got to choose how I'm going to influence my kids. We had a remarkable moment in our house this week. Levi's front tooth was loose. I said, with influence comes responsibility. Levi trusts his dad. Well, when Avery was little, dad wanted to do something with her loose teeth. You know what dad wanted to do? Ham got me a drone one year for Christmas. With influence comes responsibility. Loose tooth, drone, dental floss. I mean, this is too good. Levi trusts Dad. Avery would not let Dad get anywhere near her teeth. Like father, like son. Levi knew his tooth was loose. You know what Levi remembered? Dad, you tried to pull Avery's tooth with a drone. You want to pull mine? So he lined up all Avery's Barbies to have an audience on the couch. You see him back there? I'm not kidding. Go ahead and push play. And this is what we did. I'm telling you, there's responsibility that comes from being a father. Who else is going to let you rip out their tooth with a drone but your son? Huh? Levi is not going to anybody else saying, rip out my tooth with a drone. 
That is something that comes because of the privilege of my influence as his father. I'm going to tell you, influence brings responsibility, though. You know, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, and, and I know they're going to seem like, but this is talking about like pastors or teachers or things that I'm not. James chapter 3, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that who we teach, that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Luke chapter 12, from everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. But from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I wonder what you're doing with the influence that God's placed in your life. Yeah, we can see pastors, we hold you to a standard. We can see teachers. What about you, Dad? What about you, Mom? What about you, friend? What about you, brother or sister in Christ? I'm telling you, God has trusted you with much. He said you're the image of God. You're the reflection of God to this world. He's trusted you with much. You have the Spirit of God, the power of God inside of you. What about you? Because I'm going to tell you, with your influence comes responsibility. With influence comes opportunity. The rest of this chapter. On their release, Peter and John, they went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, they met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you've anointed. They did what your, what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord... Consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Let us be people of influence. Stretch out your hand and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. It's a Sunday that we remember the day of Pentecost. And what happened on that day was God, he promised to endue his people with power to be effective witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the people were gathered in a place and they were filled. Remember the, the, the Spirit of God came down like tongues of fire and they were filled with the Spirit of God, Scripture says. And, and they spoke in, in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, and, and we see something that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. When God's Holy Spirit is within me, I can't help but be influencing I want to tell you, we were in Florida um, two weeks, three weeks ago, whenever we went to Florida, you know we went. Let me tell you something, there are a lot of people in Florida. Like too many people in Florida. 
Like, don't drive on the highway because you can't drive. You stop on the highway. There's people everywhere. I looked it up. The population density of the area we are. That's how many people per square, square mile there are in that town or in that area. So Tampa, St. Pete, that's the area we're in. Population density of 1,200 people per square mile. Now, let me tell you what the population density of Crawford, Nebraska is. Six. I can wrap my brain around six. 1,200 is hard to understand. We're in... We're in the city where, where, where my brother-in-law used to be a youth pastor and, and we're in this town and there's, there's people everywhere. There's restaurants, like chain restaurants, like restaurants like you've heard of before. There's like Krispy Kreme donuts and stuff like that. It's crazy. Civilization. Stores and whatnot. But there's lots of people. And pastor being pastor, I try to put myself in that ministry context. And I got overwhelmed. How does the church influence this many people. I mean, how does the church even begin? I think it's something like three million people in that region. How? What is the church going to do? Like, how can the church be heard in the midst of this? Uh, to me, really, in the context of where I'm at right now, I felt like it's impossible for the church to be heard in the midst of all of that. And then I came home. And I started thinking about six. And I started thinking about the opportunity to influence. And you know what I became more and more convinced of? We can influence our town. You know what I became even more and more convinced of? It's not so hard to reach our 1,000. Like, I can make that work in my brain. I know who's in our church. I know who we're brothers and sisters in Christ with. I know what influences they have. We can reach our community. We can reach Dawes County. We can reach Sioux County. It's not impossible. But what are you doing with the influence? What am I doing with the influence? What are we doing with our influence? You know what? We've been here long enough, some of us a lot longer than me, when we see our town patting our spouse on the bottom, doing what's not right, we don't have an excuse. I have a responsibility. So when Tam corrects Levi, she's talking to me. We can talk about how terrible things are. We can talk about how destitute. We can talk about the problems in our community. We can talk about the problems in our families. But let me tell you something. It's coming back to me. 
It's coming back to what am I doing with the influence that God's given me. Am I like Peter and John, ready to, 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 to do what God wants them to do? You know what's cool about Peter? When he spoke to the, to the, to the, to the Sadducees and priests, Scriptures say very clearly, empowered by the Holy Spirit is how he spoke to them. When he stood up in, in the book of Acts chapter 2 after, after Pentecost and he began to preach to the multitude that gathered because these crazy people were talking in other tongues and they thought they were drunk. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. When the church prayed after they left the Sadducees and Pharisees, they prayed, the room was shaken and they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what? Live boldly. Fathers, live boldly. You're not just ordinary. You have the opportunity to influence generations. You guys can come forward. This is not on the screen, but I'm going to read 1 Peter chapter 5. And I know it's going to say some words and you're going to say, Ha! That's not me. I'm going to say put yourself in this place. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. To the elders among you, I appeal to you as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and to one who also share in the glory revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock. Let me tell you, you're an elder in your circle. Because there's people in your circle who don't know Jesus as well as you do. You're the reflection of Christ to someone. You're, you're the demonstration of Christ to someone. Let me tell you, you're elders in your circle. So be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Fathers, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers. Not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording over it, uh, not lording over it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Let me tell you, be an example to your flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Like father, like son. His responsibility, it's ours. You have the opportunity this week, this month, this year, to influence those that are around you. Are you ready? Like if the Sadducees come and arrest you right now and they tell you to speak, are you ready? Rowan says, yes, what about you? If not, pray for the Holy Spirit of God to empower you. That you can be bold. You know, it doesn't matter. They might threaten you. 
They might not like you. They might laugh at you. They might say mean things about you. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm bold. Because of God in me. I'm bold. Because I believe, church, I'm going to tell you, I believe that we can influence our community. I believe that we can influence Crawford, Nebraska. I believe that we can influence Sioux County and Dawes County. I don't think that's that big of a step of faith. But it's by each of us. It's by each of us influencing. Father, I come to you this morning in this place. God, I pray that you begin to reveal our influence. For everyone, God, in this place, you begin to show us our influence. God, put faces. Put people. Our children, God. Our families, our neighbors. God, I pray that you put them before us. And God, as we see the influence that we truly have. God, as we see those who are who are turning towards us for truth and seeking out answers from us, God. I want to be a good influence. pray across this room, God, you empower us with the Holy Spirit. I pray for the power that we have need of to be effective witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be effective influencers in our community, to have the boldness to do, to say, to pray, to speak what you desire us to speak, to love how you desire us to love. To withhold what you desire us to withhold. To deny what you desire us to deny. God, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. That we would witness. That we would influence. That we would see the result of influence. Because of what you're doing through us. Use me, God. Use me. In Jesus' name. As Walton Carey lead us in this chorus, I encourage you, spend a little time praying. Maybe you can pray with someone else. Maybe you want to pray with your pastor. Maybe you need to to pray by yourself. Whatever it might be, spend some time praying for your influence. That's that circle that we would draw around your life that you're impacting. If you say, Pastor, I don't know what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, let's pray. 
that God would fill you with His Holy Spirit. That you can be bold as, you, as He's designed you to be. That you can be the light that He's created to you to be. The salt that He wants you to be. Like Father, like Son. Are you ready to influence? Can you do it? I'm going to... i got some, some cool things God's been speaking to me. I'm going to look into what I believe is one of the most strategic places of influence that I don't think we've been accessing. That I don't think we've been utilizing. It's simple. It's in the Scripture. It's in the Word. We're going to spend some time over the next few weeks looking at this. It's going to be an application of some of this that we just looked at this morning. But I encourage you to be people of influence. Amen? Dads, happy Father's Day. There's a multi-purpose screwdriver in the back just to say happy Father's Day. Throw in your glove box if you... That way it's there when you need it. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you see the influence God's trusted you with. And may you do well with what He needs. Amen? Be blessed.